Welcome to Between Alpha Omega. We have a show for you today. Uh, we're already kind of crazy before I hit record, so it should be interesting. Uh, I have with me Curtis. Hello, everybody. Have with me Drew. Uh. <laughs> that's that's audibly pleasing. Yeah, yes. that's what our <laughs> listeners want. And of course, also uh, Nick, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Awesome. We're Curtis and I are sitting across from each other. Nick and Drew are via satellite space magic. Yes, Tim and I are more than six feet apart. I'm actually in space right now. He is. Astronaut. So how's everyone doing? What's uh, the update on life? It's been, what, a week, two weeks since we've recorded last? I I wasn't on here for a few weeks. I wasn't on the last one. That's true. Because I was building a deck. Neither was I. Yes. I was building a deck and helping my brother do construction on his house which i thought you were with me i was one day yes you were an assignment yeah <laughs> something like that because normally it's saturdays we record and i was helping my brother on saturday and i asked if we could record sunday and then i just got too drunk and so i was like you guys should probably record without me because that'd be a lunatic that happens yeah <laughs> it was my birthday weekend all right just be cool it's fair yeah, it's fair so how's life for you in this uh, quarantine, Curtis? I'm, uh, I can tell that I'm getting frustrated with people. Like yesterday in particular, there were two occurrences where like someone at work, I basically chewed them out because they didn't want to work. And it was five minutes before we were supposed to leave and still had a shit done to do. So I chewed them out for it. And I'm waiting for repercussions from my boss being like, hey, don't do that. We'll see how that goes. That's fun. I think you were justified. Oh, I was absolutely justified. In fact, there were like three or four people that messaged me like after that happened, and they were like, do you deal with that on a daily basis with that person on your team? And I was like, it takes a lot of restraint for me to have not gone to visit HR about it yet. So, yeah. Perfect. People are just slowly melting down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Including myself. I'll admit it. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know about slowly. I melted down pretty quick. But. That's true. I don't know that I ever actually had it. I think you have to have it to lose it. And you've already lost it. No, I don't ever think I had it. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> we can blame it on the stroke. Yeah, sure. Sure. Why not? Anything else? Just life. Just life. Just life. Drew, how are you doing? Uh, Good. This is the first weekend in two weekends that I have not worked um, at all. So it's nice to actually have two days off. Yeah, you've been my job, my workload uh, has increased. Um, At least my team's workload has increased and everybody else seems to have gone down. So that's been a little frustrating for me, but I like the job and I like the work that I'm doing. So was able to power through what I needed to get done, but glad to not be working. Um, yeah, nice. That's really it. I'm I'm done with this quarantine as well, but you know, it is what it is. What it is. Yeah, there's not much we can do about it. Well, it actually ends in St. Louis County as of Monday. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm just gonna stay here. Yeah, it's gonna yep. be terrible. Uh, be smart. Right. Uh, Nick, how are you doing? <clears throat> Not too bad. Um, 
you know, work's still steady. Uh, thankfully, I've been getting my actual two days off a week. Nice. Which has been nice. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? A whole uh, two days. And I had a really good uh, discussion with my <laughs> your mouth, store Tim. manager today <laughs> during my uh, my yearly review. Yeah. Had a lot of good things to say, and uh, apparently he sent off a really, really good email about me to uh, Joe, my specialist, and his boss, and a couple other of our bosses. So, you know, put me in a pretty good mood getting ready to leave work. Nice. That's nice, awesome. Yeah. It's always good to leave work in a good mood. I know, right? Yeah, work for me is hilarious at this point. I I can't complain about it because I'm working at most two days a week, twelve hours a week at most, <laughs> and there's no uh, plan for us to open back up again. I am doing important stuff at my job. I'm making sure veterans are getting buried and uh, in the national cemeteries or having military honors. So it's not like I'm not doing amazing things, but it's like I work twelve hours a week. <laughs> And I get paid for 40, and no one knows what they're doing. And <laughs> I, I go in the work, and I'm like, why am I even here? But, I, okay, I guess I do a couple things. Um, and then I come home, and I do nothing. And I'm like, cool, this is my life now. You don't do nothing at home. You build magnificent cities at home. Yeah, it's true. We I started a Minecraft server, which is actually still up right now as we're recording. Oh, we're just, like, testing hard the uh, internet connection. Yeah, well, we're not really, well, Discord, but whatever. I will say that yesterday I didn't notice that my phone was struggling to connect to the internet, but yeah. I just hopped off of the Wi-Fi and everything was fine. <laughs> yeah, the Minecraft server is constantly going. I should probably just shut it off when I go to bed because it's not like no one's going to be up at like 3 in the morning, but you know. Yeah, I might be. <laughs> so blame Nick. Blame Nick why the Minecraft. We've all been playing a lot of Minecraft lately. Not uh, me. No. Everybody else on this podcast, though. Yes. Nick and uh, Drew are both on it. And Brian. And Brian. He's not on the podcast. He doesn't count. Yeah, Brian doesn't count. He's not a real person. <laughs> well, and uh, wasn't... Didn't Dan also jump on? Was that who it was? Yeah, Dan jumped on for like a hot minute and then jumped back off. He's constantly busy doing um, programming stuff with his work, I think. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, so life for me, as an, an extreme introvert, this whole thing doesn't bother me. I really don't care. Uh, I'm not, like, freaking out that I have to stay at home not talking to people. That's kind of what I prefer anyway. Like, oh, now, I have, now I'm mandated by the government not to talk to people? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I did make you talk to someone today. Uh, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pest the, control guy that showed up at your front door because I thought you ordered food. Yeah. yeah, I talked to him for a minute, uh, and he, he. The funny thing about him is he looked like he was fourteen, mm -hmm. and he kept saying like he owned this company, and I'm like, D uh, cool, I guess, but you're like twelve, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it feel. How credible <laughs> move are along. you? <laughs> move along. Move <laughs> along. Uh, but they kept mentioning uh, my parents' names, and I'm like, oh, I, those, they, yeah, that's my parents. Cool. That's weird. Well, because I guess they did service for them, so whatever. You just canvassing the neighborhood. Yeah. I, it was my fault that I even answered the door. Well, uh, this is essential right now, pest control. I mean, when I was outside this morning talking on the phone, 
on the back porch. Dude, I was getting like all kinds of bugs hit me in the face. I don't know what to tell you. Not like biting you. They they just hit you in the face. No, for They're real. Like, they were just like, happened? for real. I was just sitting there drinking my coffee, and they were like crawling on my glasses. And I was no, like, Curtis, why? I totally yeah. I've noticed that the last few days, like June bugs especially, are out like crazy right now. Yep. But it's not even June. It's only May. It's only gonna get worse from here. It's probably something to do with uh, no one being on the roads and less pollution and. Most cars so running into June bugs. Like, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, They're I, not getting hit by as many windshields. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Probably. Well, even the weather has been crazy. Somewhere it's snowing. Like right. Michigan, I think, is snowing. Or Wisconsin. Dang. I didn't <laughs> see. Well, I actually saw something about north, that. They're pretty north, though. They're pretty north, but I did actually see something. I don't know how credible this is. It's something I saw in passing, but apparently the sun, there's a sudden down spike in solar flares hmm. and solar flares actually have a large effect on our weather but supposedly oh, supposedly like the number or the like lack of solar flares that is currently occurring is going to create an overall cooling situation on our planet we'll see what happens it's all science we'll just wait and see it's just the next what are we gonna do? how are we going to stop the sun from destroying this planet like hey, if that's if that's how we go that's how we go hey you sun stop it <laughs> bad sun <laughs> Well, who who knows what uh, June is going to unleash on us? Uh, the world's the story about the murder hornets. Yeah, murder hornets. Uh, they opened up another crypt in Egypt. Good, good, <laughs> perfect. I think they literally are trying to get all the plagues. Like, like what else can we do to plague the earth? Yeah, there was something about some like giant lizard things i saw but i'm pretty sure it was a joke but they're i don't called know alligators <laughs> alligator boots uh what else did i see in passing that was disturbing um oh gosh i just had it and i forgot dang it oh it was something weird oh uh Danger. someone developed tech ai technology that can cry yay we are so fucked. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say if AI technology is capable of crying. I feel like at that point it's somewhat capable of feeling sympathy. When they're murdering us? I mean, I'm just saying, like, maybe... Here comes Skynet. <laughs> oh, we've known Skynet's coming. But I'm saying, no, like, maybe the fact that it has some... version of Skynet. It has some sense of sympathy that, like, maybe it won't kill us all. Maybe it'll have sympathy for some of, some of us. No. <laughs> we're, we're all dead robots yeah i mean robots in the sun if those things take us out i can't really be mad right <laughs> like what if they're mean, sun robots i'm <laughs> still robots. waiting for the zombie apocalypse all right <clears throat> yeah that that that, that, would, that, be, that would be preferred that, I want. that is the preferred apocalypse but you know when it's about when it's an apocalypse i don't really think we get to pick and choose it it kind of picks and chooses us. Well, uh, I'm not picking and choosing. I'm just saying what I prefer. Yeah. I, I'd, <laughs> I've done recent thinking about the zombie apocalypse and how I'd be ready for it. And I've realized I would just get more lazy and take lots of naps. <laughs> and I'm not prepared for this at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it'd be a BA when the world melts, melts down. Nope. Taking naps. <laughs> hey, outside less, which means less chance that zombies eat you. It's true. When we're fighting off the murder hornets and robots. Yep. 
I'm not afraid of murder, murder and the lack hornets. of sunspots. I'm not either. I just punch everyone in their face. Well, don't they eat bees? Like that's their primary thing. I don't know. That's what I have heard is that like a swarm of them can hunt down and destroy an entire hive within just a few hours. Yeah. Well, so then who knows? maybe the like, who's murder actually... hornets are the actual apocalypse because you kill all the bees, then there's nothing there to pollinate plants. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm just wondering who's paying this close attention to these murder hornets and aren't just like taking them out. Like they see what kind of a problem they're going to cause. But they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to let this run rampant. I don't know if there's anything we can do about it. I mean, when that like pest guy showed up at the front door, like it took everything within me to not be like, can you save me from the murder hornets? <laughs> you should have just said that. I, I wanted to, but again, at the same time, I was expecting him to try and hand me food. <laughs> <laughs> Stick your hand out like where, where's the sandwich? <laughs> I'm looking for a sandwich. <laughs> and the, You're not my usual delivery guy. <laughs> the, the thing that bothered me about talking to this kid is he had no social distancing awareness, and he kept trying to like come closer to me and hand me his iPad, and I'm like, no, get away. <laughs> no, that's really funny because like he was actually really good about it when I opened up the door. Is it like he kind of stepped back and was like kind of show, trying to show no. me his iPad from a distance? No, he kept trying to get close to me. What a weirdo. I'm probably going to die. He that's probably funny. thought you were cuter. Uh, that's probably it. Maybe. I did get a haircut. Yeah. So. I mean, I shaved my head today. Oh, wow. My beard is getting kind of crazy. So, Curtis, maybe your head, the light was reflecting off your that's head. That's what it, it was. was. shining in his eyes and he was trying to step back. So That's what it was. And it was reflecting off of his iPad. And so... <laughs> It's like a double whammy right there. <laughs> like, me not exaggerating, this kid, 16, 17, at the most. At the most. <laughs> like, I, I... Well, no, and it's funny that you say that, because yesterday when I went to the grocery store to get alcohol, the lady at the grocery store, like, insisted that I hand her my ID. And I was like, no. I'm. You can see it through the plexiglass, lady. <laughs> well, they have to scan it, don't they? No, they can just no, type in your birthday. No. Uh, most gas stations, you have to scan it, but like a grocery store, you do not. Yeah, because yeah, they just type it in. And it's not, and it's also not every place is the same, so. Target will um, scan it. Like they do the gun thing. You can, you can actually yeah, they can do the gun thing through the plexiglass, the plexiglass, though. This lady was like insistent that I hand her my ID through the plexiglass. I was like, no. I don't know what to tell you. I'm saying some people are getting the social distancing thing wrong. Well, and it's so funny too, like how people treat the social distancing. I mean, the idea is, you know, stay six feet away if you can. Yeah. But, Respect I mean, people's are, social space. <clears throat> but there are some people who like take it to the way extreme and some people who are way too lax, like especially working in the grocery store, like I'll walk up and still be like six feet away and I'll go to hand someone something and they like step back for a second when I ha go to hand them what they're asking for. Reaching out, and stepping they, on one And then they reach toe. out and take it. And I'm like, uh, would you prefer if I just set it down and walk away? Yes. That's what I told but, food <laughs> delivery people to do. Just set it there. It, but it's, you know, it's, it's just so hard and every person's different. Like for sure. I personally, I don't really care if you're within six feet of me or not. Like it's not going to affect me one way or the another uh, or another. But there are some people who are like, like you can definitely tell. And so every time I talk to a new person, I have to try and figure out 
which what one kind of social distancer are you yeah God. it's it's like the new game in my head every day <laughs> that's a pretty sad game nick <laughs> this is how we're entertaining ourselves it's not even entertaining it's just you just gotta keep <sighs> laughing you just have to laugh to keep from crying right <laughs> pretty much so on that note transition we have to talk about the transition now because do we? yeah we do <laughs> That's the whole joke now in podcasting. You make fun of the transition and you talk about it for 10 minutes and then you actually transition. So what what is the joke <laughs> on this transition? Well, this is actually the transition that the media is pushing where <laughs> people are going transgender. It's that transition. Oh, <laughs> the transgender... Transgender trans- transition. No, not at all. <laughs> I was going to say, does that mean that we all have to change sex? Yes, no. right we are all women no. now. Nope. <laughs> no shit. Nope. Not gonna happen. It's it's like playing the game of life, and all of a sudden, instead of the dad, now I'm the mom. <laughs> you get a reverse card. You someone put an Uno card in the game of life. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> let's not even let's not even go down this road anymore. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> reverse. <laughs> See, that's what I just said. Is reverse in the game of life. J turn. Get out of here. I've been keeping myself entertained by none of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching stuff on Netflix or basically Netflix at work because I'm doing nothing. I download episodes on my phone. Thank you, Netflix, for allowing offline downloads. That's amazing. And I've been watching a lot of... Are you doing Netflix and chill at work or just Netflix? Just Netflix, Nick. Okay. (laughs) They have a very serious social distancing program at his work. Yeah, There's I'm, no chill. There is zero chill at Tim's work. It's true. <laughs> I'm one of like five people in the office right now. It's weird. Anyways, I've been watching a lot of things. The first thing I watched was Tiger King. We haven't brought that up in the podcast yet. And oh my gosh, you have to watch it. It's such a train wreck. A perf- don't listen to him. Don't don't fall into the trap. No, it's a perf- perfect train wreck scenario. You watch it and you can't believe this is actually real, but it is. It's amazing. Everyone that is depicted in this, maybe one person isn't, but the majority of the people that are on this dock are just absolute douchebags. Like evil, awful people. Oh, beautiful. Magnificent. Um, <laughs> am, I the, am I the only one that hasn't even attempted to watch? No, I, I have not even attempted to watch it either. I've okay. caught the social media updates. Like, oh my God. fuck Carol Baskin. Like that's pretty much all I know about Tiger King. Oh my god, that's that's about all I picked up either, and that's not even me trying to follow any of it. It's just There's, it's unavoidable. Like, Carol Baskin, unavoidable. fuck Carol Baskin, spit. <laughs> it's amazing. Like you have to sit down and watch it. And... I'm actually kind of mad at you. Why? Because I wanted to watch it together. Oh, I'm sorry. I even you told you date night, and you ruined it. He did. I don't even remember that conversation. <laughs> It was wow. like a month and a half ago when quarantine first started. Well, there you go. That was like six years ago. So it, true. <laughs> uh, so that's one. Are, go ahead. Are we Nick. in the next decade yet? Pretty much. God, I'll be forty-five. Please, God, no. <laughs> uh, Who would have thought my twenty-ninth birthday would have, or well, I guess that my twenty-ninth year of living would have taken so long? Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, Nick, you're only a few months younger than me. Yeah, I was trying to word it properly. Carry on. Carry, carry on. 
about this Tiger King situation. Go on. No, no. Transition again. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, so I watched Tiger King. That was the first thing. The holy train wreck that series is. Uh, it's a much must watch. Uh, popcorn. Sit there and just watch the train wreck happen in front of you. The other thing I watched is a, a very special documentary that oh ooh, I love so much. It is called Behind the Curve. <laughs> <laughs> I love the name too, Behind the Curve, what they're talking about. Well, it, I think that name kind of perfectly fits the documentary. Absolutely. You can't say that. You haven't even watched it. But I know what it's about, and I understand the title. <laughs> It is about the the Flat Earth Society. Of let's start with a little disclaimer here first. Before one, we... I think they're not a society. I think they're a cult. We'll, we'll they give... prefer society. We're going to be respectful and say that they're a society. Yes. Well, let's not make fun of them egregiously because of what we're going to talk about. But um, none of us here are flat earthers. I can <laughs> confidently say that. Uh, Moose I think is. Moose disagrees. <laughs> Moose is a flat earther. <laughs> Drew's dog is a flat earther. Hmm. So the whole documentary is about the Flat Earth Society, how it kind of got started, how it's become this group of people that now just believe in flat Earth using science. I use that, that was, in quotes. Uh, he's, yeah, he's doing air quotes. I'm going to reaffirm that for everybody. That first said that, right? Or uh, am I completely off on that one? He was a philosopher, not a astro astrophysicist. Oh, who was it? There was someone famous. <laughs> or any mathematician. What are you? What are you trying to get at, Nick? Uh, there was. There's just in history. There's some famous dude that you yes. know. It starts with the a whole, G. whole flat earther thing was based off of, and I'm trying to remember who that was. Well, in ancient civilization, they did believe the Earth was flat because whatever, and then someone figured out that. Well, they couldn't really comprehend globes. Right. And someone figured out that we're actually rotating. Based on the stars. Based on the stars and the sun. And, mm -hmm. the, and the moon. Blah, 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 blah. Like, they did the math. Yep. Yeah, math existed back then, too. And That's they were true. able to figure this out with all the technology. Because the one theory was that uh, the Earth rotates around the sun. And then there was the one that was reversed, that the sun rotates around the Earth. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that was a really common concept, is that the sun rotated around the Earth. And we were the son of the universe. I think that was a lot of like that's the just Catholic ego Church. right there, like one hundred percent ego. Yeah, a lot of religion was mixed in there. Yeah, as well. Uh, so this documentary is primarily about the flat Earth, that the Earth is flat, that we're in some kind of a dome, and the South Pole is this basically wall of ice that over two hundred feet tall, just like in Game of Thrones. Quote from the documentary. It's true. For real, they. Great. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and Drew and uh, Nick kind of watched it. They scrubbed through a couple of scenes. But Curtis, what did you get out of the do What did you think of the documentary? Because you watched it pretty much all the way through. Yeah, I watched it. Well, at this point, I've watched it all the way through. I tried to watch it the other day, and I kind of fell asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually watched it today, and I saw the part that I missed. So really, it's really entertaining to watch these people do these quote-unquote science experiments because 
what they'll actually preface it with is, you know, if the earth is round, what this experiment will show is it'll do this. But if the earth is flat, it's not going to do that. Spoiler alert, when they do their science experiment, it does exactly what you would think it would do because <laughs> the earth is a globe. Yep. And they only do two experiments, I think, in the entire documentary. Yes. They didn't want to do too much because otherwise they'd really have to like cut out a lot of stuff. No, dude. Okay, so the <laughs> first experiment they actually talk about, it's like it epically fails. Like the guy <laughs> like says, like, oh, if the earth is a globe, this will happen in this test. That happens. And 20 minutes later in the documentary, he's having a conversation with other flat earthers in this backyard party. And he's like, I can't come out with any of the results that I have right now. It's all very exciting. But if I come out with it right now, it'd be really embarrassing because we spent $20,000 on this experiment. And it's just proving it's not showing what we want it to show. And they kept moving the goalposts and trying to make it to prove their theory you're Instead, talking about a metaphorical goalpost, though, right? Yes. Okay. They kept changing the hypothesis to fit their, uh, what do you call that, the end result. Mm -hmm. They kept trying well, to change it to, to prove themselves right. Which is funny because, you know, that's like the opposite of what a hypothesis is for. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. you, can, you, you can create a hypothesis to then do an experiment and then the experiment proves either your hypothesis is true or false. You don't just change it to make the data f say what you want it to say. Absolutely. And that's what these people are doing. There's the, the second experiment that they do that's later in the documentary is they find this canal that's like three miles long. So they figure if they get three boards and they put one in the front, one in the middle, one all the way at the end and cut a hole in the middle of it and shine a light through it, you'd be able to see the curvature of the Earth. Like, the light won't shine through all three holes. They do it, it doesn't shine through, and then they make up a reason why it didn't. <laughs> well, they actually, like, that one, I think that one's actually a lot more interesting than the first one with the gyroscope. Yeah. Because they do actually encounter some, like, very reasonable issues with their experiment. Well, that also changes things of, like, elevation and stuff as well. No, the boards were supposed to be evenly set. Yeah, we're talking about a fairly, I know we're talking about a globe, but we're talking about a fairly flat section of the earth, but it's three miles long and eight feet is enough to be recognizable. Yes. Anyway, like they did actually, what was kind of impressive for the most part is like they kept experiencing like difficulties with their experiment, but it wasn't anything that was like proving the earth was flat or round either. It was just issues with the technology issues with the spots that they picked and you know you know good on them they kept like trying to work around it and trying to find a way to make this exercise work and when they finally got the exercise to work <laughs> i'm gonna let you all guess at home <laughs> but there were results pointed in the direction that we do in fact live on a globe yep and that's how they kind of end the documentary um well yeah roll credits and then they like had that whole or they like showed a computer screen where the video is explaining their results and they would let you read some of the comments. And I think my favorite one was the grass was in the way, so they couldn't see the laser. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the, the, the premise of the documentary. But one particular scene, I highly recommend you will go watch this documentary and spoilers ahead. 
I think you said spoilers a bit late. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) We shouldn't have said spoilers like 20 minutes ago. For the Flat Earth Society. (laughs) Just crop that that spoiler comment you made and just put it all the way towards the beginning of this whole conversation. Nope, not going to do that. That's not how we roll here. Um, There's one in particular scene where one of the Flat Earthers uh, is talking and they... There's a whole thing with... um, there's fractions happening in the society. There's people that believe in this, and there's people believe in this other thing, and they start infighting with each other, calling each other, you know, working for the government, CIA, the whole gamut, and that these certain flat earthers, we'll call them flat earthers, a are part of this government conspiracy to infiltrate the flat earth society and turn them astray. And this woman starts talking about how I can prove with my license, my birth certificate, all this stuff, childhood photos, and none of these people will believe me. Thank God I'm not like that. Uh, what? Uh, um, but you are. Because <laughs> you're trying to prove something without real evidence, and really they're just using or, the same thought process. Yes, they're ignoring all the evidence that we've been told for the past however many years. They're ignoring that evidence, supplanting their own, and saying this is what truth is. It, it, it boggles my mind. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it with our context is about perspective. These perspective I mean, that these people have. Here's what I do have to say. She is really pretty. <laughs> She's the honeypot uh, for the Flat Earth Society. Flat Earther honeypot. Yep. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I want to talk about with all of us here is that perspective and how non-Christians can see us that way. So that's kind of how I want to start this conversation is do you do you see where I'm going with that? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I totally do. get that. And I was actually having a conversation with someone this morning. It was a really long conversation. And kind of really the point that I got to in the conversation that I knew that I wanted to bring back into the podcast is I can't walk away from my faith. Right. I've seen too many just outrageous things that I can't explain that like all the science and the math in the world can't explain, can't even make it reasonable or logical. And it's so ineffable that I can't even describe it in this podcast. And and it's just something very personal for me. Mm -hmm. So I understand where these flat earthers are coming from. I get that. But, I think what the issue that I've ever had with Christianity that has ever made me consider turning away from it, it's the people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Nick, your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I totally get the perspective of both sides because, I mean, we all know a lot of Christians, too, who actually Fence-sitter. take, like... <laughs> Um, we, there's a lot of Christians that'll take things from the Bible, take it out of context to fit their needs in an argument, their agenda, like the flat right. uh, mm-hmm. which is very true. Um, and you know, there are a lot of lessons to be learned in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff to, you know, to really help you through life. But like the Bible as a whole is what you need to look at, not specific minute sections and that's the ultimate goal, at least in my opinion. Um, the ultimate goal of the Bible is to just look at it 
as a whole and base your life on it, not take individual sections. Because even the Bible itself, written by man, we make mistakes. Sometimes you get some contradictory stuff in there. And that's just kind of how it is. But, and there's a lot more to just, you know, just the Bible to, to a faith like Christianity. You know, there's so much more to it. Okay. Drew, any comments? Um, flat earthers are nuts. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a different conversation. I understand the perspective that Christians can be like flat earthers, but I think it is kind of a, a different conversation talking about something that literally has been proven wrong by science. And the difference here, I guess, to me between flat earthers and Christians is that you can't actually prove with science that a God doesn't exist. So, um, I don't know. I have never met anyone who's a flat earther and I would love to understand their perspective, but I just can't based on <laughs> the reality that's in front of me. <laughs> well, no, so, um, so, so I, I mean, go ahead. Let me, you go ahead and finish your thought and then I'm going to, into that's that. all i've got well i actually know a flat earther uh, a guy i work with super cool guy i don't remember how i found out that he was a flat earther but there was a long period of time where i was just having discussions with him trying to show him how the math works yeah on a lot of these experiments and like he would send me videos of these tests that people were like doing and i was like here's how the math actually lays out and I actually gave him my calculus book. And I said, if you actually have an interest to know what this is all about, spend some time. Don't hesitate to reach out to me if you need clarification on how calculus works. I get it. Calculus is not simple. No, it's not. But I'll try and break, uh, break it down to as simple terms as I can. And <clears throat> he wound up giving me my calculus book back. Cool. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. Still a cool guy. Oh, Still talk to him I'll all the time. But I'll be honest in that standpoint, though. If you're like, here's my calculus book, go learn yourself. No, 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 no. It was not like that. I mean, you know, that's definitely more abrupt and probably. Yeah, you, you gave it a very, I mean, like, you gave it the very from, short version of what happened. Like, we've been having these conversations for weeks at this point. And like, he started asking me, like, because I told him I have a background in mathematics. And he was like, oh, I'd be kind of interested to know a little bit more about that. And I was like, absolutely, let's do this. And like, I gave him one of my textbooks and told him to just flip through it. And he was totally open to it. This was not me like trying to shove math down his throat. I offered him that opportunity, and he said, yeah, absolutely, I'll take a look at it. I don't think he did. I think after about a month, he just handed the book back. I can say that for sure, because that book took me three years to actually study and understand. Yep. A uh, few double advocates here for Drew. There would be people out there that would say, I can prove with science that God is not real, and here's a list of reasons why, evolution, etc. cetera. <clears throat> um, uh, what you just said, Curtis, I can picture a Christian going, this is my belief. I'm the expert in this. Here's the Bible. Go read it. Like, 
so that's kind of my train of thought with these flat earthers of going, what we do as Christians is the same thing that a lot of what the flat earthers were doing in a lot of weird ways. It's the same kind of thing. Like the one guy who went to that person and sitting in the parking lot, like, do you want to hear about flat earthers? I can just hear that. Do you want to hear about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? God, I hate those people. Both of them, right? <laughs> Both, like, if you were berated by a flat earther in a parking lot randomly, you would hate that person incessantly. <laughs> well, here's uh, here's actually a couple, not actual, um, well, one of them was a Christian, one of them wasn't, but uh, I've been known to smoke cigarettes here and there. <gasps> uh, I know, right? Um, but so... Uh, conveniently, both times I'm at work, fresh time, on a smoke break, having a cigarette. Uh, first time, some dude walks up. He's like, uh, you ever thought about quitting? And I was like, yeah, I'll probably quit sometime. And he's like, well, uh, you know, I went through this whole program thing, blah, blah, blah. And like, just out of the blue. Uh, granted, you know, he was trying to push some product to come in and, and get a way to become non-addicted to cigarettes. Uh, and then another time I'm up there with my manager at the time and we're smoking a cigarette and this dude comes up. He's like, uh, do you, do you gentlemen enjoy smoking? Do you, do you ever want to quit? He's like, well, you know, the, the Lord and savior can help you quit. Um, <laughs> I mean like straight up, like hardcore goes into it. And me and him, me and my manager, like, now nah, we don't, nah, don't really want to quit right now. Um, so the, the dude's like, well, do you mind if I just pray over you guys? So we're like, sure, go ahead. Let him pray over us, do his thing. And then he left. But I was like, God, people like that make me just want to not quit. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's kind of my whole point. Uh, because we look at these flat earthers, and like Drew said, these people are nuts. And my question for the panel is, is that how the outside world views us as Christians? We ha- okay, so elaborate on that, Drew. Well, I mean, logically speaking, why would we believe that there's this, you know, celestial being or deity that has created this planet and has the power to do all the things that we say that he does, but there's no way to see him or really, quote unquote, feel that he's there, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's, I mean, Christianity, as we know as Christians, is a faith-based, uh, faith-based concept. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes faith to believe, and it takes faith to, um, be questioned by people who think it's crazy, just like flat earthers, um, and still believe. I, I just, um... I think that's that's where it really comes from is because like well if if you can't show it to me then why am I going to believe in it? And it's like well I mean you can't see atoms, so how do you know that everything's made up of atoms? Like I don't know. How do you know that our microscopes aren't just cameras showing you pictures of shit that we just made up? Projectors, but yeah, yeah. So it's all a government conspiracy. All of it. Yeah. 
all of it. That's a long, long-term conspiracy, then. Yeah, no, it's real deep-seated. Mm-hmm. Illuminati confirmed. Some people are dumb like that, though. <laughs> um, well, and to, I... to piggyback off Drew a little bit, uh, yeah, 100%, you know, Christianity is is a big faith religion. Um, you, you haven't seen actual, like divine intervention basically since jesus so old testament but you know you you had things like the burning bush and you know moses uh a whole bunch of stories like that where you see god step in and intervene and the last time that anyone's seen anyone anything like that really has been jesus paul. um what paul yeah paul would have been the last well john yeah, Paul or John, I, one of those two, depending uh, well, on like what calendar you're looking at. Well, John would have been the last disciple, but yeah, <clears throat> right. But I, yeah. um, and they still had their their miracles, but like like that whole like that time frame of like Jesus and anyone. But since since that, since the time of Jesus and his disciples, at this point, it's you know, <clears throat> there 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 are miracles that happen all the time, but. Sometimes it's like at this point, it's like what's really real and what's not. What's what's based on God and what's based on something else. And it's a lot more difficult to discern true God-given miracles versus anything else. I think with all the technology we have going on. Right. But and and now even at this point, yeah, you look at it like we have the Bible. The Bible's been written. They're not adding chapters into the Bible. Um even though like the, the book of the Winchesters would be great addition, but um... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, in actuality, you know, like the, the book whole, of Winchesters the is still whole... fiction. Just saying, I know it would it, be cool, but be it, it's fiction and take fiction for what it is. Nick actually believes it's true. That's okay. He's a flat earther. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a supernaturalist. All right. Get it right. <sighs> We're wrong. No, I love that I, show, but like I, I and, understand your disgust, Tim, right now. <laughs> I wish I could just see his face. Uh, he doesn't want uh, to make eye contact right now. <laughs> oh, of course. But I, you know, at this point in this age, it's it's more based on faith and a belief in something that you can't see. Uh, where back in the day, maybe not so much, and. Now, granted, with flat earthers, I do think that there's a point to an extreme. Uh, Tim, you said playing devil's devil's advocate earlier uh, on Drew's thing of like, well, maybe people can prove that this wasn't done by God. Um, but at the same time, it's how entwined can science and faith be and how entwined can it not be? And that becomes the next step of the question is what are we what are we basing everything strictly on science and just 100% natural happening or someone who's just more powerful than we could ever achieve who could make things happen through science right so just my perspective on this once upon a time pretty hardcore Christian, pretty hardcore faithful. And I went away to college and got a math degree. 
and became a flat earther. Sure didn't. Because <laughs> if there's anything mathematicians can agree on with the engineers and physicists, it's not flat. But um, I knew that there were things in my life that I could not explain. And really the culmination of where I really started to question my faith and started to question a lot of how I had been basing my life was when I took stat theory and like actually tried to kind of pump out the math on some of the things that I had seen and the statistical possibilities of thing, these things happening, just astronomical. And do you so, have any examples, Curtis? Nothing that anyone would believe. Hmm. And so like, that's, I mean, kind of reaffirming where the flat earthers are coming from. They have this feeling in their gut and in their soul that the earth is flat. But they have no way of actually explaining how the earth is actually flat. I really wanted to try and explain how these things could occur. But I wound up just getting lost in all the numbers and just being like, what am I missing? What am I not calculating for? And what am I not accounting for? What What's getting missed here? And so that's where I just kind of had to separate it. Like... Like I said earlier, I can't back away from my faith because of some of the things that I've seen. If it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't consider myself even in the direction of Christian right now. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there's a... Uh, as the expert here... You have, you have a knowledge <laughs> of the Bible. I have a knowledge of a calculus book. Let's do this. It's a fight that I don't want to watch. It's really not that entertaining, I'm sure. No, it's not. You can all tune out right now. I would not want to watch it. Yeah, all of our fans can tune out right now if they. uh... (laughs) There won't be a fight. Um, (laughs) No, there won't be. uh, So I I think Christians have a problem with trying to separate science and the Bible. I think that's a huge mistake because you can actually prove things using the Bible and science. There's nothing in the Bible that says that evolution can't happen. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have Adam and Eve, but then you could make the argument of God only created those two people, but there was actually other people that were created through another means or somehow, or even just God getting the ball rolling on the whole thing and then starting evolution. That's a plausible theory that has nothing to do with negating the Bible. Right. Well, and also, people have to recognize that, like, humans were different at the time of creation, probably. Yes. So you get into the (laughs) whole debate about, well, Adam and Eve had babies, and those babies had babies with each other. So shouldn't that be, like, weird and genetic and craziness? Well, you're talking about. Wait. Are you saying that humanity is a pandemic on Earth? Yes. Um, but you have to realize even just logically and even using science, you're talking about the two most perfectly genetic people ever having no genetic flaws at all having babies. So they're not going to be affected with the same things that we would be affected with. That's just logical. You can make that assumption. Oh yeah. That's a pretty strong argument. I can completely agree with that. Right. So also, throwing out to when Adam and Eve were ejected from the garden of Eden that said that they ran across other people, correct? Yep. 
there's actually other people that are just there. So whether God put them there or God just made Adam and Eve and then the other humans were just, I don't know, created somehow, I, I don't know. And you get Christians that say this is it's only it started with Adam and Eve and this earth is only six billion years old and okay. And then you have the gap theory, which uh, it's basically there's a huge gap between Genesis one one and Genesis one two, that's like right. billions of years. Yeah. Um, you have that theory. Well, and and who's to say that God didn't create everyone else? Uh, but you know what? Every story has a focal point, and maybe everyone else didn't fucking matter. <laughs> that, that that's kind of my running theory is that God created His chosen people. And that's right. it. Everything else we, is just... Uh, we need the extras on the scene. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the, but why you, would, why you would God ever favorite somebody like that and never talk about the other people? I know, like the Jews. Jeez, why were they so special? <laughs> Gosh. Well, we're all kind of really nerdy exactly, people here. Exactly, Moose. Uh, it what? would be like God having the PCs with the NPCs. Like, he... he he has to do something, or otherwise his news isn't going to get spread. Right? He has to choose someone and say, hey, this is how you know me. This is now how I project my, my godness to people. If God never did that, then who would be talking about him? If he didn't choose someone to be like, this is who I'm going to reveal myself to. Right? And his name was Metatron. <laughs> no, I have a real question right now. Yeah. Yes. What, what percent of me is PC and what percent of me is NPC? I don't know. Are you? Can we DNA, DNA test for that? Yes. No, you're. You would be my NPC. How dare you? But you're. It would be the adverse as well. I'm your NPC. Just background noise. No, I, I mean, no, I give I'm you saying, a quest every no, once I'm, in a while. What I'm saying is, like Adam and Eve are the PCs. Right, mm -hmm. and everyone else that was on the planet were NPCs. Uh -huh. So, ultimately, Earth populates. Uh -huh. So, I'm asking the question: What percent of me is of the playable characters? What percentage of my DNA comes from the <laughs> non-playable characters? Well, and you also have to look at it this way: There's been multiple playable characters throughout the entire storyline of the Bible. Yep. So who's to say that just because you were derived from an NPC that you didn't all of a sudden become a PC? No, 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 no. I think you're missing my point. Is that you want to know how much speaking, is is Adam and Eve, and how much is everybody else? Yeah. Yo, this rabbit hole is stupid. Yeah, we're <laughs> getting away from. Yeah. But it's a good conversation. Um, it's a good high conversation. Yes. And this could be like an offshoot podcast conversation. <laughs> Join us in part B of no. Um, With all the flat earthers. <laughs> I think Christians get into trouble when they try to use the Bible to negate science when it actually is compatible with each other. I think that's my it supports point. supports it. Yes. The other point that I would like to make is when you're dealing with stats and numbers, you have to look at the impossibility of the supernatural just throwing a wrench in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It kind of negates the numbers and the Sam stats. Sam and Dieter. Yeah, or the, or the statistics just don't make sense. Because it's supernatural. I mean, that's the whole word, super natural yeah. so when you're talking well, about it and there's in all statistics there's always outliers yes 
Right. And those sense. outliers can be as extreme as possible. Like that's that's the whole point of stats is it's not a definitive number that can always be tangible and 100% there, but it's more relative and abstract. Right. So when you're throwing the supernatural and you're talking about a god, you have to just and that's where the faith thing comes in, I believe, is you you kind of can't put numbers on it because it's it's beyond numbers. It's supernatural. Um, so I think a lot of people have a problem with that and they struggle with their faith in that way. Me, I didn't become a Christian because of uh, the knowledge, the dogma, the ritual, the traditions or whatever, the beliefs. I became a Christian because of how people acted around me and how people loved on me. That's kind of where I came from. And then I, as I got older and started studying this stuff, then I was able to relate the history and the facts and go, there's something crazy about all these different writers of the Bible who are completely opposite sides of the world talking about the same thing. There's something weird about that. That doesn't make sense. So there's got to be some truth in that. Then you have other supportive evidence like the Egyptians freaking out about David and their God, how he's just wrecking house. Like the Egyptians are talking about this. Well, that's interesting. Then you get into archaeological digs of people trying to prove the Bible wrong with the Hittites and all the other ites that are following the Bible and going, oh yeah, these people actually did exist. And they're talking about David and the, this God coming to wreck house. Cool. Well, and even Jesus is one of those big topics, too, that not only in the Bible, but he has been named in multiple other historical sources and other religious sources as well. Yes. Um, I think it's, it's Richard Dawkins who's the famous yeah, atheist. That piece of shit. He actually claims argument isn't whether or not Jesus existed, it's whether or not he is God. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and that's really the ultimate question there if you you know in faith so he existed but can you determine if all the miracles they say in the bible happened or not but that's also where faith comes into i would still argue historical fact because you have all these other people that are happening around jesus and none of them are saying we don't have any written texts disproving jesus in that time frame even the right, Jewish people fair. and the Roman people are going, this guy was weird, he did some magic stuff, and we killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, it, to me, that gives more credibility to Jesus claiming to be the Son of God and being the Son of God. And you have to get over the supernatural aspect of that. It's God. Yep. It's one... It, it, you, you can't... You can't refute it by just saying, well, science can't prove that. Well, it's beyond science. Well, of course not. Science science can't prove how the universe came into existence. So they have theories. <laughs> they have yeah, theories plenty and of theories and but ideas. They have not but... actually successfully proved that with science. So and, and you always end up in that argument of so what what happened before the nothing? And there has to be some kind of forward momentum or motion that started all of this. There has to be something. There's always a catalyst for every... <clears throat> for every reaction, yeah. yeah. So, 
what you can even argue the Big Bang with the Bible. Like God right. created this thing, put bang. it into motion, <laughs> and it, it created the Big Bang, and that's what all started all of this. Like there's nothing unbiblical about saying that. That's still right. making God ultimately powerful and selecting human beings as his chosen people. And I mean, on a like galactic cosmic scale, if everything that is within our viewable existence occurred in seven days on a galactic scale, that would seem pretty instantaneous. Yep. I mean, I like to buy into that a lot because it just gives more power to God. Mm hmm. And I don't yeah. think there's any harm in it. And you get like science. Well, how did this and this and this and this? And like, it's God. He can make something a day old look a million years old. He could. He's God. I'm not trying to be like, ooh, I have an answer for everything. Just, yeah. But you're talking well, about the supernatural. He could do that. So well, why are you the negating? Other thing too, what, um, yeah. To go off of that, we we categorize one day as one rotation around the sun. Well. God doesn't live on Earth. He's beyond it. So what is one day to God compared to one day for us? Exactly. It could just have been uh, human language that suggested seven days. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's about having perspective on how some of this stuff sounds absolutely crazy until you actually start to get into it a little bit and you look at the history of it and you go, hmm. Maybe there is something to this whole Christianity God yeah. thing. Well, and even like really respected, just incredible scientific minds throughout our history have tried to prove that a God doesn't exist and they've never been able to do it. And like you even get people like Stephen Hawking who has said, I can't disprove it. And so therefore it's not necessarily untrue, but at the same time, there's no way a creator could have existed because nothing could ever have the power to just blow up the universe into existence other than the universe itself or something like that. Like I'm looking up this article here, actually. So who's to say that God isn't the universe, right? There's just, there's too many unknowns. And I think uh, something that people forget especially Christians, is that we do not have the mental capacity to understand him like that. <laughs> right. And right. we won't on the cosmic scale. So why, like, why do humans think that we're going to understand how all of this came about in the first place? And obviously people who aren't Christians aren't going to say to themselves, like, well, there's no way I'm ever going to figure this out. And I'm not saying that we're never going to figure it out, but I don't think here on this earth we're going to say, oh, now we understand how everything works now, you know, at a certain point in time. So, And, I mean, it even goes back to the time of Moses when he goes up into the mountain to speak with God to make the Ten Commandments. God's like, I can't show you, I can't fully show you myself because basically you would instantly be dead. Yeah. Because he's so powerful and so... We've all seen like the Ark of the so Covenant. Much. That's how it works. Yeah. What'd you say? So we've all seen the Ark of the Covenant. That's how it works. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so this is what this is what Stephen Hawking said um, uh, in his last book that he wrote. This is this article is from Live Science. It was written October twenty or October seventeenth of twenty eighteen, and it says here that 
Because the universe also began as a singularity, time itself could not have existed before the Big Bang. Hawking's answer, then, to what happened before the Big Bang is, there was no time before the Big Bang. We finally found something that doesn't have to have a cause, because there was no time before it could exist in. And it's like, you're literally talking about God. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, not only is he talking about God, but he's just talking in circles. Yeah. That too. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's how we talk about this, this situation over and over again. It is cyclical. It's never going to resolve itself because we don't get it. It's like the internal question of what came first, the chicken or the egg. Right. Chickens. <laughs> it's like, well, time, time didn't exist before the big bang. And it's like, but how do you know that? First of all. But and maybe your perception of what time is didn't exist before the Big Bang, but something was probably there. How would time not exist? Right, that's what I'm saying. Because well, because so, he well, says that it's, time is a perception. It's because it he, is. It, time is 100 percent a perception. Uh, yeah. But it's always going forward in motion. That's called relativity. Einstein proved that theory. But time because is always the, moving forward, right? Time always progresses. Time things, well, okay, uh, things move so, forward, but they can move at different rates. And so that's what's very interesting about the perspective that it comes to time. So uh, the theory in place right now is if something could move as fast as the speed of light, is that everything around it would seem like it was standing completely still. You could be able to pick out atoms where they were. Mm -hmm. And that's where relatively comes from. And where we talk about how time actually functions, it's so incredibly complicated that I can't even, I don't know. I have enough of a scientific background that I'm standing myself in circles right now in my head trying to voice this to you guys. Curtis and I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, Look at it this way. So, God is omnipresent, correct? Yeah. He's omni a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but so omnipresent meaning he's everywhere at once. He's omnipotent, which means you know he's everywhere and like all knowing. So he is he is literally him from the beginning of our conversation till the time that we died to the time the Big Bang. What you know, whatever. He is 100% there. So who's to say that time is even relative to God if we're going to talk about how all-powerful he is and he's in every he's in every point of time always. He knows what's going to be, what was, and what is. In a very simplistic yep. point, maybe God is light. Sure. Yeah. But we talk about it all the time in the Bible. You know, God is the way, the truth, the light, you know, the whole idea of it. And maybe he doesn't live within time of a parameter of something that we set. He just is. Yeah. I think we also get into these types of conversations because as humans, we're so curious and we have to know the answers to things. Yep. And it's really difficult for us to just say to ourselves, I don't think we're going to understand or know the answer to this. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I don't know. I personally, I really want to know answers to stuff, but I've never struggled. Pers like I've never struggled not knowing the answer to like the universe and why, it's how things really came to being, why we don't have concrete evidence or anything like that. It's just like I, I feel like I don't need it. 
I, I love the discussion of it. I love throwing ideas off people, but I also know at the end, like at the beginning of every discussion that starts, we're not going to have an answer that we're just like, right. that's it right there. But I love, I love the theories. I love the ideas and I, you know, just ways you could test it. I enjoy all of that. Um, but I also want to point out is that Tim is like our number one go-to for things that are contradictory in the Bible and just those weird big ass questions that people can never really find the answer to because you know he went to school and stuff <laughs> i went to school and stuff just not for the bible yeah it's true. Now, he went to he went to bible school went to bible school uh, one of my favorite lessons that i did learn in bible school uh, and it just kind of blew my mind is there's a, a a saying in churches and pastors have said it and christians all over the world have said it and it's all your answers will be known when you get into heaven. Right. We've all heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. his point was that's not true because it'll take you all of your eternity to find out those answers about God. Right. Yeah. Isn't that big? Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I love that so much. <laughs> <clears throat> well, here's to say, what if what if heaven is us just being absorbed into God? Transcending into light. I don't think it is. <clears throat> I, you know, not absorbing. I'm not being gonna, absorbed just, into God, but I'm thinking about like, <laughs> I, no, I'm thinking about like conservation of mass, like those the, physics theories, and that God is a big gelatin. No, 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 no. I'm back on your original <laughs> point before Nick decided to go into osmosis. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like conservation of energy and conservation of mass, like. It's, uh, we clearly have energy inside of our third bodies. Law Newton's of... laws. Newton's laws. The Newton's laws. laws. Yeah, I'm just gonna help you out so that I can finish my thought. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so conservation of mass, conservation of energy. Like we clearly have energy inside of us. That's what give us gives us our heart and our soul and our consciousness. And you know, perhaps when we die, it's us shedding our physical bodies as i believe it is described in the bible and transcending to light just spitballing that idea out there i i don't yeah i don't think so um and i can use the way i see heaven is uh, not that i'm right or anything this is just my humble opinion sure. and what i've seen in the bible is heaven was supposed to be the garden of eden that was heaven Yes. We as man screwed it up and he kicked us out of it. So I think when we die and go to heaven, we go back to the garden. I put that in quotes because that's not what I actually mean, but it's that picture of everything being perfect, everything being awesome, no blindness, no any disease, infection, whatever, just absolute perfectness and love and holiness. Which, and I think the Garden of Eden is that, that picture of what God was trying to do in heaven and what heaven's actually going to be like. And you get supportive other evidences that believe in that because like there's a, the earth will crumble and revelation will happen and, but there'll be a new earth. Well, what does that mean? Well, I, I think the new earth is really just the garden of Eden. We're all just hanging out. Um, and then I throw in Jesus for a little bit of spice of Jesus. Whole ministry was just breaking bread with people and hanging out, and having conversations, and drinking, uh, having a good time. So I think uh, 
that's what heaven's really going to be like. I don't think that God is going to be like, now I'm just this ball of light and you get, no, don't get to yeah, enjoy no, 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 anything. No, no. <laughs> like I wasn't saying like, it, because we are human. Yeah. One at a time, one at a time. Curtis, you go first. Because we are human and like because we don't actually understand how these concepts work yeah. on all these scales, on like what level God is actually on. Right. I'm saying in terms of our human perspective, God is light because God is light is literally everywhere. Uh-huh. So that's kind of just more of a metaphor that I'm coming up with. Okay. I wasn't saying that he is actually defined as light, and we can think about it like that. And once we transcend, it's, that's how it's going to be. We are all light. God no. powers it my will... lights. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, you were going to say? Well, and, and, like, I wasn't saying, like, oh, we just turn into God, and then there we are. But, I mean, like, the idea of, like, like our consciousness, our soul, just joins with God, which could be the theory of, like, how we will finally understand everything because we are one with God and we can actually comprehend everything. But also in the idea of eternity is a place without time, which would still fall into the fact of if God's everywhere and anywhere in time and place, if we join with God, then we would have all eternity, but we could also have it all at once. Which is one of those weird mind boggling, like, let me just, never be able to wrap my head around kind of situations but you are getting into that's interesting because we are internal beings so once the time stops for us what then happens do we even have a concept of time Mm -hmm. uh i I don't i don't know i I don't know and that's why i put it in human terms of i think it's more of the picture of us sitting around a table with jesus hanging out all the time because i don't think god would do that. He wants more of a personal, individual. I love you. I created your soul to be like this. So wouldn't it make sense to be in heaven like that? Mm-hmm. Right. Which uh, would uh, would be kind of like if you think about it, like a computer programming. Um, God is basically like the motherboard that runs the whole program, <clears throat> and we're just joining him in that motherboard where we are all separate in code but at the same time we're part of the whole same system dude where do you get your weed <laughs> dude i get it from you uh, oh yeah what's up mr cheesel <laughs> i'm so glad you got that so I, I i honestly have two questions right now okay. um in this new world that we're talking about like mm-hmm. you're saying when we die like we go to this garden of eden yeah is this world flat <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't and know. And question number two. Are we, are we all naked? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Oh, God. You know what, though? That's where it becomes hazy, because I remember being taught that we'll be all be naked, but I don't actually remember reading that specifically. Yeah. It just says we'll have resurrected bodies, whatever that means. Yeah. Well, um, and I've also heard um, ideas of the bodies that you'll have in heaven will be the perfect self of you. But yep. then the question also falls down to, are you talking about like, the perfect spiritual self, the perfect physical self, the perfect mental self? Yes. Even if we have a physical form. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, tend to, I tend to believe that we will of some sort, uh, but that's just how I picture like heaven. 
looking. kind of based on perception at that point. Yep. yep. We how we view physical now mm-hmm. is because God always tends to show up with His people in a very human like way mm-hmm. to not freak us out and not blow our minds. Well, but at the same time, we've already just talked about how we'll be able to wrap our heads around things better in heaven. So would it matter to us then if we were in physical body form or will we be something better? I don't know. I I think because there is suggestion in the Bible where it talks about how you would recognize each other. So, yo, I don't know. Yo, I don't know either. I don't know. It's a fun, crazy thing to talk about. Um and about having perspective because we're we're watching the documentary of the flat earthers, and I can understand why people would call us crazy and flat earthers mm-hmm. as well. I mean, if you listen to this whole podcast and you're like, "Yeah, those guys are," they have solid heads on their shoulders, like they're going places. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally get it, and it's because for me, it's because I can link the history, I can look at the historical fact. I can witness the things that I've gone through as evidence of why I believe in this thing. And then the supernatural just kind of is, Oh yeah, that makes sense. If all these other evidences are true, then I can come to the conclusion that the supernatural stuff has to be true. I think that that's logical. That's a logical train of thought, not going, I believe in this just because, mm-hmm. which I think a well, lot of, go ahead. Uh, Sorry to cut you off, but I was it, the whole process is a culminating journey. You know, you can't just take one piece of the puzzle and be like, "Here it is, it's done." You gotta, you gotta take all the pieces. And for each person, their puzzle is gonna look different on what they get, but the end result for for those with faith is gonna be the same in, in its belief. Right, and, and the uh, being in youth ministry for so long. Um, the stats have changed because I haven't been in it in a long time. But the stat when I was in youth ministry uh, a long time ago was that 60% of people in youth ministry will leave their faith completely. I think that number is now up to 70, maybe even 80%. So seven out of every 10 students are going to just graduate youth ministry and never think about their faith ever again. And the prevailing theory is because these students become 18 and there's no place for them to go, number one. The church kind of neglects them and kicks them out. Uh, number two is they go to colleges and now their faith is being tested in ways w- outside of their bubble. And now that they don't have the church to support them, number one. Number two is now they're getting all this other stuff that is conflicting with their bubble. And so they go, well, this person has 15 people PhDs and I'm learning from them and they seem brilliant so I'm going to follow that instead of what you know Susie my Sunday school teacher who is 9,000 years old taught me <laughs> well and it, I, I find it funny though because you see there are some brilliant and highly studied scientists who also still have faith yep but that, that's uh, the prevailing theory is that when you go to college you get your bubble burst a little bit and you lose your faith in that way. I, I mean, I burst my bubble in college. Do what? Was hilarious. I remember when people tried to burst my bubble in college. It was hilarious. Yeah. Why was that? I just had a lot of increasing pressure from people who didn't have faith to begin with um, before they went to college. 
um, now hammering down that I believe in this God that they don't understand and et cetera, et cetera. And that, you know, this science teacher I buy or biology teacher has proven that evolution is real and there's no possible way that I could believe that evolution is a thing or adaptation is a thing and also be a Christian. It's like, but what you fail to realize is that I'm not a freaking stupid person. And I realize that things aren't spelled out in the Bible for every single point in our lives. Like the Bible is a guide, but it doesn't talk about everything that's, that's happened. Just like we said earlier, you know, it's a synopsis and it's a guide and it's kind of a rule book. It's not like, you know, here's what God did in every situation up until your life. Right. Because it's just not a thing. And, um, that book would be so much longer. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think, uh, I get, personally, I get pretty upset with universities at this point because instead of just challenging your faith, what they do is they try to eliminate it. Yep. Um, and it's not about like being respectful to your perspective and trying to understand what you believe in. It's no, you're an idiot for believing in this. Here's the truth. Here's, here's the absolute truth. And it's like, no, unfortunately you don't have the absolute truth. I, and you need to stop telling people that they shouldn't believe in these things. And what universities are you referring to that are telling people to not have like not have this faith and that it's wrong. What? What universities are you referring to? Any universities in specific? I mean, I went to OTC and I had teachers telling me that what I believed in was wrong. Well, I had science teachers telling me. My biology teacher, in particular, uh, somehow found out that I was a churchgoer and kind of called me out in front of class a few well, times. That's just a shitty teacher. That's not the. University. It is just a shitty teacher, but you'd be surprised at how many how often that kind of stuff actually happens in university settings. Well, and I get that. And I get why, like you can see it as bullying because I mean, we have what, like you said, people with, you know, 10 PhDs and they're like 50 or 60 years old. And they're like, Oh, can I trip up this 18 year old? Yeah. Right. Sure. You can, you've been around the block a few more times <laughs> than they have. Right. It, it becomes a cock measuring contest and it's not about, trying to educate it's trying to discriminate a little yes be a little yeah. discriminate and destroy and um well and to to elaborate more on that as well uh you look at high school you know people are within their comfort zones they're with people they've been with for years they're with the church they've probably been with for years uh and even as, you know, faculty and staff and friends trying to discriminate a religion or belittle someone for their beliefs, that's highly frowned upon. But as you get into college, it becomes a lot more lax where that line sits. And I, th I think that we're, you know, a lot of people aren't prepared for that when they're leaving high school, going into college. And as Tim said is you're not as supported by the church yeah, as well. For sure. Because there's there there clearly is that drop off. Um and you know the church that the mega church that we all went to, uh they they 
tried a little bit to find and find something to fill that gap but it's also really hard when you have kids who you know go off to college out of out of state out of the city and you try and do something to help support those kids but you only get the ones who actually stayed in town yep uh, and I, I think that's what's hard in that standpoint is okay cool well we we've got kids going to mizzou missouri state uh ku you know going off to baylor and and harvard and and yale how are we supposed to reach out and stay connected with those kids on a weekly basis At that point, it turns it turns to us to be able to find a way to keep that faith and keep that connection. One hundred percent. And I think like one thing that I've always kind of really liked about the Amish culture is that they have Rumspringer. Like I saw, you know, <laughs> you scoffed, but Rumspringer. They give you know they give those kids a chance to like go and experience what the real world is like, and a lot of them inevitably will wind up going back to the Amish community. <laughs> well, and, you know, same thing could be said with people of Christian faith. Um, my parents both grew up in Christianity. Uh, they became 18. They went out, did their own thing. And granted, their Rumspringer wasn't like a year or whatever rum the the short term of Rumspringer is, but eventually they were like, well, you know what? We're about to have kids or we're having kids or we have a kid. Maybe we should talk about getting back into our faith. And that's, that's how I became raised in Christian belief. And I'm not saying that's everybody that does that. Uh, I'm quite sure the Rumspringer turnover is a lot better going back to Amish than Christianity believes, but uh, well, if only the Amish actually kept track of that stuff, but they don't. Yeah, they don't have logs and records. They don't care. <laughs> Having uh, been at a working worked at a church, you definitely see uh, a trend. And like I said, there is a huge drop off between youth ministry um, and those teenagers becoming in their twenties, and it becomes all of their twenties is this Rom Springer. And then they start having kids and then go, oh, I remember all the fun I had in youth. I want my kid to experience that. So then you get the 30s and 40s married couple who now comes to church. So you have the youth kids who are all, you know, 6 to 12 grade. Then you have 30s, 40s, 50s onward. You d The gap is the 20s, the 18 and the 20-year-olds up until 30s, mid-30s. There's an actual... you. Any church that you go to, even the mega church that we all went to, you can obviously see that gap. There's hardly 100%. any 20-year-olds going to church. And the like amount of people that I knew in youth at that church from when I was actually being a youth leader in my mid-20s, I think I can remember seeing like three of them. Right. So it, it goes back to that 70%, 80% stat I threw out. But it also, I think, uh, with the college thing and these PhD people going, your your Christianity is stupid and bogus, and here's all these reasons why, and why you're an idiot and belittling the kid, like Drew said. But I think there's also a, a huge fault in the church 
of not properly educating people in Christianity, in the Bible, and in the real world. We uh, in churches like to put this nice safety bubble around people and say, you have to live this way, and this is the only way, and blah, 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 and not even teaching all of Scripture to our students. Because you have all these denominations that believe all these different things, and and then you get in these arguments, and we can't teach that because it's not a part of our denomination, and blah, 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 or don't teach that because that's too charismatic and Pentecostal, and it's like, no wonder these kids struggle so hard with Christianity when we can't even get it right. Like, what the hell? Like, uh, one of the things that I, I struggled with when teaching youth ministry is no one knows who the hell the Holy Spirit is. You mean the thing that we that is inside of us that makes us be more like him? We don't know who that person is? What? The, the very focal point of Christianity and, and God moving through us and, and giving us the, the, what do you call it, the, the motivation to be more like him, the thing that draws us to him. We don't know who that person is? What are we doing? What are we doing? It, we're, we're too focused on our agendas and the politics and the blah, blah, blah. And we're not even teaching these kids right. Oh, well, and I, I think, crazy. honestly, this uh, tracks us back two or three podcasts ago of um, the idea of the small group and getting that actual emotional connection with others to help strengthen our actual Holy Spirit within each of us. Or, yeah, I, the more and more I, I'm away from church, the more and more I'm just angry about it. <laughs> the more and more I see the flaws of the church, and the more and more I want to do something about it. I posted on my Twitter a few days ago, like, uh, oh, let me quote myself. Let me pull that up, and I'm going to, you know, f- use filler to look up my own um profile on my Twitter to quote myself. I said, in my humble opinion, churches should be the last thing to open and be extra cautious and careful about how they open. Churches should lead the way in the value of people and lives. This pandemic is far from over because I'm starting to see churches start to open and the floodgates are going to happen. And it's like, how little do you value life that you want to have your doors open? Like, what, what is that about? No, you should be the last thing that opens because you're talking about a massive people congregating in one closed environment. Stop being dumb. Like, just stop <laughs> it. If you actually love people and you love Jesus, stop it. Don't open your doors yet. Just angry. I'm just, I'm bitter and angry and I want to do something about it because I, I'm so tired of that conversation of losing friends because someone said something and they don't have a good faith about it. I'm so tired of that 80% of people that walk away from youth ministry, 70% that walk away from youth ministry. I'm tired of watching a stupid documentary on Netflix called the flat earth society and going, I bet people look at us like this. It's beyond the flat earth Uh, beyond the curve. Damn it. We're all wrong behind the curve. Yeah. I, um, I, I, it just makes me so angry because it's like if, if you just look at the evidence and you look at all of the stuff that we have in Christianity and you stop being an asshole, maybe people would actually listen to us. Maybe. 
I've, I've always found that uh, the best way to bring up my faith in Christianity is to not bring it up myself. Yeah, that's a good point. The best way to do it is to live your life the way that you know you should. Yeah, Nick. And let people come to you <laughs> and question why you're living the way you are. Yeah, Nick. Don't you start with me, Tim. I'm probably the only one here that can. You know what, Tim? <laughs> we can fight later about this. There's no fight, Nick. I'm right. You're you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't you defend him, Curtis. I, mm. <laughs> Nick, all I'm going to say is that like I'm on the same t- side of the table as you, essentially. I and I, I pretty well learned Tim's pretty generally right when he tells uh, me to do trust me, to I know. do like or to not do problem. something i'm like yeah yeah you're fucking right uh, Tim's like it. my second mother all right <laughs> kind of yeah thanks well drew's, drew's on the same side of the table mother tim Tim's mother tim yeah drew and i talk about that about you guys quite a bit i'm going you... I, bet. I can believe it <laughs> i mean if we're being mm-hmm. a lot better but it, it's all about uh, figuring it out I don't have everything together. I just... No one ever really does. Right. The older I get, the more I realize that older people than me still don't have it together. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you met my parents? Right. <laughs> they're, um, my, to they're my favorite people that don't have their shit together. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's... it's Yep. That's just how it is. Uh, so they're just, they're just BSing their way through life and... Uh, dude, They're making it work, though. Yeah. Uh, as long as you say something confidently enough, people will believe you. It's true. Trust me, I know I bullshit all the time. <laughs> people will ask me meat questions or cooking questions, and if I don't really know the answer, I BS something. More specifically with seafood. But as long as I say it confidently, they believe every word I say. Yep. It's amazing and it, the power sad. you wield when you say things confidently. And the worst part is, is like we have these cool things called smartphones at our disposal that can discredit half the shit people say, but they say it confidently and they're like, nah, I think that's right. I mean, nah, see, that's the thing. We think we're discrediting people, but a lot of the time the information's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Flat Earth Society, anyone? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got its pros and cons, let's put it that way, but yeah. Uh, the other... But, it's ridiculous the other concept was kind of the psychology i don't know if we'll get into that because we're already at over 30 minutes uh the psychology of these people being lonely and wanting a group of people and then starting this conspiracy and going through that whole motion of now they have power and now they feel important and now they're kind of famous because of they're a saying things confidently and thinking that they have all the answers and people are drawn to that. And that's interesting because that's kind of, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to how Christianity grows and how cults get started. And yeah, it's just a funny, interesting perspective that went in my brain. All right, uh, we're at uh, over an hour and 30, so let's wrap this up. Uh, Curtis, any final thoughts? I feel like I gave a lot of thoughts today. You did. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I also thought I was decently funny. 
Uh, okay. Turn it zero is funny. The looks aren't everything. Nah, your jokes ah. suck. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, well, we love any final thoughts? Uh, flat earthers, whatever. <laughs> believe what you want to believe. I really don't care because it's not harming me in any way. Uh, it'll just be funny when we can finally go to space and they see the round world and they still say, no, that's flat for sure. You mean like um, we did in 1969 and landed on the moon? Yeah, but no, that was a conspiracy, remember? No, dude, that happened in Hollywood's basement. That was, oh, yeah. that, that was filmed in a freaking studio, obviously. Uh, what about the Hubble telescope? What about yeah. the International Space Station? <laughs> anyway, that, that you can actually see earth, from the planet. You believe whatever you want to believe, Christians, everyone, just believe what you want to believe. Um, just don't hurt each other about it. Yep, just don't like you know start inquisitions or you know make terrorists <laughs> and have kamikazes for sure and all that kind of don't stuff. Don't hurt anyone. Uh, good. Um, good. You know. That kind of stuff. Yep. That's all I got to say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, any final thoughts? Um, honestly, <clears throat> I would say uh, anyone with with faith should be prepared for the hard conversations and arguments you're always going to have. I would say study up and be intelligent about what you're trying to say. And don't manipulate facts. And quite honestly, be prepared to lose because there will be times where you won't know what you're talking about and someone will. And then next time you come back around to it, study it up and be ready to have that same type of argument and maybe come out on top. Yep. And on that, I think it's very respectable to just be willing to admit that you do not know. 100%. Like. I'll respect anyone in debate if they can just say, you know what, this topic, I'm not so familiar with it. So, like, we can continue talking about it, but anything that I say is just going to be based on my opinion, not based on anything that I know for fact. Right. Let's do it. I'll still debate that person. <laughs> um, lots of things. Uh, to my Christian listeners, freaking learn the Bible. Learn what you actually believe and why you believe what you believe. Learn a book. Learn a book. One in particular. One in particular. But read other things as well in the realm of Christianity. Form an opinion. Have a belief. Realize there is evidences, evidences and figure out those evidences and actually know why you believe what you believe. Don't take Susan, the church Sunday school teacher's word for it. Question her. Study it. Read it. Analyze it. Argue with it. Because a lot of Christians say a lot of bullshit that is wrong. And there's a lot of crap floating out there. We can't even in denominations get each other right. So learn it. Study it. Realize why you believe what you believe. Because when you're faced with hard questions, you may actually have an answer. Or you'll be like, well, I have all these other evidences, so that doesn't bother me so much. Whatever the case. Do the non-Christian listeners... Thank you for listening <laughs> to this podcast. Glad you hung in there. Glad you hang on, hung in there. I I see your perspective on Christianity as a whole while watching this Flat Earth Society documentary. 
I, I see it. I see other Christians doing the things that these guys in this documentary were doing. The guy that ran up to a car and started talking about flat earth that I can totally see Christians doing that. And I've heard stories about Christians doing that. I've heard stories. I mentioned one myself, right? Uh, Or Christians moving the goalposts because they can't prove their point. Right. I've seen all, all of that gamut. All I can say to you is look for the people that don't force that down your throat, who you actually respect and then ask those people the questions. Don't don't talk to the weird person that confronts you in the grocery store about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because more than likely, and I'm going to say this very confidently, they're probably wrong. I'm going like, to throw that out there. And like, man, all I came up here for was some cheese and some charcoal. <laughs> like, Right? <laughs> because that's not the I, way Jesus would I just would came do. out for a smoke break. Like, <laughs> god damn it. That's not, that's not how Jesus did it. So what gives us the authority to do it that way? He hung out with people in their homes, broke bread with them, drank some good wine, and that was his whole ministry. So stop being stupid. And if you're a non-Christian, talk to people that are actually sane. There are actually sane Christians out there, I promise you. I hope that uh, some I, of this... I would hope that we are some of them. Well, well hopefully. I mean, based on this past hour and a half conversation, well, well, are we? Oh. <laughs> <sighs> um. That's all the thoughts I have. So visit the website between alpha and omega.com. I have posted a new blog about how stuff just happens and kind of my journey through life. I've gotten a lot of comments about it. Um, people thanking me for writing it, uh, blowing their minds that all this stuff happened to me. Uh, I had someone delete me on all social media and I was like, cool. I, I, I don't know how that offended you, but I'm sorry that it offended Sorry, offended Tim. You. I just felt like it was time. <laughs> like, I posted that blog, and it was literally the next day I saw my friend count go down by one on all my social media, and I'm like, oh, uh, all I did you, was tell my story. You watch your friend count that much? Well, I just noticed it because I have so few. <laughs> it was easy to oh, count well, <laughs> from, eight to, <laughs> from eight to seven. Right. I was like, I hey, from, wait a minute. I went from ten to nine <laughs> that extra digit really made a difference it really did um <laughs> so i don't i don't know what happened i hope that person is fine and i didn't offend them i don't know how i could have offended them but who knows so then, then i have a blog up go read it it's a fascinating story about how stuff has happened to me and kind of my perspective on things um Go to our contact form on the website, and you can email us whatever you would like to hear. If you want to hear us talk more about Flat Earth Society or your favorite Netflix documentary that you want to still sit down and watch and make fun of. All sure. for it. Why not? Um, know that I love you wherever you are and however you listen to this. Uh, leave us a review on Google Play, iTunes, whatever. Yeah, that's all. Be on the lookout uh, for Charles Skyline. Cocaine yeah. hooker policeman and his partner alligator boots. <laughs> Tim, you can go ahead and cut that part out. Uh, but yeah. I do want to add on one extra thing <laughs> is I would say know the people around you. Uh know know their standpoint on religion and things like that, because to be totally honest, some of my closest friends now, I don't I don't know a whole lot about their standpoint on quite a few of them. And it even then makes it hard to just know where everyone stands and what discussions can be had and cannot be had. Absolutely. That's why we shouldn't eat, uh, sit around and eat with each other. Six feet apart. Yes. 
Well, for right now, yes. For Six right now. Apart. Yes. Stay safe. Stay Wear safe. a mask. Maybe drink through a straw. I don't know. And some alligator boots. <laughs> you and the alligator boots. <laughs> Anyways, love you. Bye. Goodbye.